Mesech's Masachin Perak Beis Mishnah Gimel until Perak Beis Mishnah Vov. In the previous Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon and Chachom argued about whether one is allowed to rub oil on one's body if that oil is Masachini. And the Chachom tried to prove to Rabbi Shimon that you can by using a Kalvachomer. If Truma, which is more strict than Masachini, can be used for rubbing on one's body, then all the more so Masachini, which is less stringent than Truma in general, you should be allowed to use it in order to rub on one's body. However, Rabbi Shimon rejected that Kavachaymer because he says that, that is all based on the fact that the Truma is more stringent than Maishashani. But there are two cases where Maishashani is actually more stringent than Truma and therefore your Kavachaymer does not work. Now the next two Mishnayas will elaborate on those two cases and the first one concerns Tilton. Tilton is a certain herb, a certain vegetable, and when it's young then it is edible, but if it is left for a while then it becomes very hard and inedible. And we're going to see that in two ways, Tilton of Maishashani is more stringent than Tilton of Truma. And the stringency of Maishashani over Truma is based on the fact that the Torah specifically says that the only use for Maishashani is eating it. Now drinking is included in eating, and rubbing on one's body is possibly included in, in drinking, but the point is that the Torah goes out of its way to emphasize that Maishashani has to be eaten. On the other hand, although the main use of truma is for eating, we do find that it can be used for some other things. For example, truma oil can be used to light a lamp, and that will come into play in our Mishnah. So the Mishnah tells us that Tilton shall maishasheni te'ochel tzimchoinim. Maishasheni tilton needs to be eaten as a young, fresh plant. Meaning, while it is still edible and fit for eating, that is when it has to be consumed, and you're not allowed to leave it for it to get hard. On the other hand, although the Mishnah does not mention it, when it comes to truma, it can be left until it's hard, because once the tilton is hard, the seed of the tilton can still be used to produce some sort of solution which was rubbed on one's head, possibly the old-time shampoo. And so because it still has a use when it is hard, that is a permitted use for truma, but not for Maishashani. Now the truth is, in general, with regards to truma, you can't use truma for shampoo in a regular case. It's specifically with tilton that this leniency applies to truma, because the main use of tilton is actually as animal food. Occasionally it's eaten by humans, but since its main use is animal food, it's only obligated in Truma Midrabanon. And because of that, this leniency applies to Truma, but we see that since it does not apply to Maishashani, Maishashani is stricter than Truma in this regard. Now in another way, Maishashani Tilton is more stringent than Truma Tilton. And that is illustrated in the next case. Vishal Truma, when it comes to Truma Tilton, Besham and Besham I say, Kulma Serb Tahara, Everything you do with it needs to be done in a state of tahara purity, just like with regular truma. However, when it comes to rubbing it on one's head, except for rubbing it on one's head, because that can be done in a state of tuma. Since tilton is primarily used as animal food, this is another leniency which applies to truma tilton. Now, of course, this would not apply to Maishashani tilton, because that can't even be used to scrape on one's head. Be as it may, Basil takes this a step further, and Basil and Basil say, all activities done with Truma Tilton can be done in a state of Tuma. And when we say it can be done in a state of Tuma, that means that one does not need to do Ntilas Yodayim, he does not need to wash his hands before coming into contact with this Tilton. So he'll say that you can do everything with the Tilton of Truma while you are Tome, although there is one exception and that is Chutz Yasa, except for soaking it. And the reason for this is because food can only become Tome if it has become wet first. So although Beis Hill allow you to deal with Tilton of Truma while you are Tome, or while that is Tome, he does not allow you to make it wet and Tome at the same time. 
because then you're making it possible to become Tomei, and you're making it become Tomei in one go. And to do that will still be forbidden, even by Tilton of Truma. So to summarize, we see that my Sashaini Tilton is more stringent than Truma Tilton, in that firstly, Truma Tilton can be used to rub on one's head, and secondly, whereas my Sashaini Tilton has to be treated in a state of Tahara, there are at least certain uses of Truma Tilton, which can be done in a state of Tuma. Mr. Dalit, as you mentioned, there is a second case in which Truma is treated as less stringent than my Sashaini, and it's quite a similar case to the previous case, and it again concerns a vegetable which is primarily designated as animal food, and that is karshine maesosheni. Karshinim, which is this type of vegetable which is usually eaten by animals, the ochlutzumchainim, it should be eaten while it is still a young and fresh plant, because as we explained in the previous Mishnah, since maesosheni is meant only for eating, you've got to eat it while it's still edible. On the other hand, karshinim, which are teruma, you can wait for them to get hard, and then just feed them to the animals. So that is leniency number one of teruma of karshinim, that it can be fed to animals, whereas my Sashaini Karshinim may not. Now before coming to the second leniency, the Misha talks about the general halachas of Karshinim Maesosheini. Now in general, once Maesosheini has been brought into Yerushalayim, it's forbidden to bring it outside again. However, says the Mishnah, when it comes to Karshinim of Maesosheini, even if Nosim Yerushalayim v'yotzen, they can be brought into Yerushalayim and then brought out again. Since they are barely ever eaten by humans, only in a time of great need, such as a famine, would humans eat this food. So because of that, the laws of Maesosheini are more lenient when it comes to this specific vegetable. And what happens if Nitmu, if the Kaishinim become Tomei? So in general, if Maesosheini becomes Tomei, then you just redeem it onto other produce, which is pure, and then this would just be considered Tomei Chulin. However, according to Rebitarifen, that is not possible in this case because it is degrading to Maesosheini to redeem it in order to feed that to the animals, because it was once Maesosheini. To redeem it and then feed it to the animals is a bit of a disgrace to the Maesosheini. And since this food is almost always given to animals, the Rebitarifen says that you should not redeem it, rather Rebitarifen Omer Rebitarifen says is Isais, you should split it into small pieces of dough, and this is another way to solve the tumor problem, because food which is smaller than the size of a egg cannot make other things Tomei. So Rabbi Typhon says that you should split the dough into small pieces of dough which are each smaller than the size of an egg, and then each of those pieces you should add to a larger piece of chulin dough, and the larger chulin dough will nullify that Tomei dough, which is Maesosheini. So that's just another way to solve the tumor problem without having to redeem it. However, the Chachom say that actually this is no different to any other case, Yepodu, you can still redeem the Karshinim which are Tomei, because according to the Chachomim, the rule the one is not allowed to redeem Maesosheini only in order to feed the animals, only applies to food which is meant for people. So to redeem that and then feed that to the animals, that's a disgrace. But if the entire purpose of the Karshinim is for animals, then it's not considered a disgrace to then feed it to the animals after redeeming it. And because of that, the Chachom say that you can redeem this onto other produce, so this will become Chulin. Now we come to the further leniencies of Truma Karshinim, which do not apply to Maesosheini Karshinim. So the Truma, when it comes to Truma Karshinim, Beisham Omen Beisham I say, Shoyun Veshofin Betahara, when he soaks and crushes the Karshinim, he needs to do it in a state of purity. So he would need to wash his hands before doing it. But Umachilin Batuma. He can feed it to his animals while it's at his Tomei. He would not need to wash his hands before doing that. Because again, we're much more lenient when it comes to animal food. 
And the reason why you need to soak and crush it while you are tahar is in order to remind you that at the end of the day it is still considered truma. And so a non comb will not be able to eat it. The only leniency is with regard to truma. But with regards to who can eat it, that still remains the same. That only Khanim can eat it and therefore we need the reminder. So you do need to prepare the food in a state of tahara. Now Basil is slightly more lenient to Basil and Basil say the only thing which needs to be done in a state of tahara is shoyun batara. When you soak it, that needs to be done in a state of purity. And like we explained in the previous Mishnah, even Basil agrees that you're not allowed to make it possible to become Tomei and make it Tomei at the same time. And that's what soaking would do. But you can crush it and feed it to the animals while he is Tomei, meaning he does not need to do Nintiasu Dayan before doing so. Since it is not bona fide Truma, it's not considered regular Truma, since it is primarily meant for animals. Now there are two more opinions which the Mishnah gives now, and the first one is Shammai himself, who interestingly argues with Beis Shammai, his yeshiva, and Shammai Shammai says, It has to be eaten dry. When he feeds it to an animal, he cannot feed it to them while the food is wet. And this is similar rationale to Beis Hillel. Beis Hillel say that you cannot soak it in a state of Tumah, because then you're making it possible to become Tomei, and you're making it Tomei at the same time. So, Sh- so Shammai says similar to that, and that is that when you feed it to the animals, it shouldn't be wet, because then it is very clear to see that it is becoming Tomei. Rather, you should make sure that at least when you are giving it to the animals, it's dry, so that at least it does not appear that it is becoming Tomei. Now, if it did become wet and then dry, it still does become Tomei. But the point is, it's not obvious that it's becoming Tomei, because at that moment, it is dry. Alright, now I have the last opinion, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, All activities which you do with the Karshinim of Truma can be done with Toma. You never need to wash your hands first. Rabbi Akiva is, of course, the most lenient. Because he holds that since it is only meant for animals, and humans would only ever eat it in very dire situations, so you do not need to be worried about Tumantahara Tahara with regards to Kashine Turuma. So that brings us to the end of these two situations, these two vegetables in which Maishashini is more stringent than Turuma. And so from there, Bishimun was trying to prove that you cannot bring a Kalva Choymer from Turuma to Maishashini, since there are cases where Maishashini is more stringent than Turuma. Chulin money and Maishashini money, which are scattered along one area and get mixed together. So imagine there are, let's say, 50 coins of Chulin and 50 Maishashini coins, and they basically get scattered on the floor and are now mixed together. And as we'll see, the fact that they are scattered makes a big difference. They're not all heaped up in one pile, so when he picks each coin up, he picks them up individually, one at a time. So the Mishnah says that Mashalikate, the first coins which he picks up, so let's say in, in our example, where there are 50 Maishashini coins and 50 Chulin coins, so the first 50 coins which he picks up, Likate le Maishashini, he gathers as Maishashini, Achayashlim, until he completes all of the Maishashini coins. Vash are Chulin, and then he declares the rest of the coins, the other 50, as Chulin. Now of course it's extremely unlikely that of all of the first 50 coins he picked up, they're all Maishashini. And because of that, he needs to declare, once he's picked up those 50 coins, he says, if all of these coins are Maishashini, then very good. But if they are not all Maishashini, and some of the coins which I haven't yet picked up are the Maishashini coins, then I am redeeming those Maishashini coins onto the Chulin coins in my hand. And that way he can know that those 50 coins are the Maishashini ones, and the rest of the coins will be Chulin. Now the reason why he has to do it this way 
so that if he loses any of the coins, or he does not manage to pick up all of them, then he won't be losing out on the Maishashani ones. The loss will come from the Chulin coins and not the Maishashani ones. Okay, now the Mishnah continues in Bolal Vachofan, if the coins are all mixed together in a pile, and he picked up a handful at a time, so since he's not picking up each one individually, you cannot declare each one as Maishashani. Rather than a Fichesburn, he has to base it on the proportion. So let's say in our example where there are 50-50, then he needs to assume that exactly half of the ones which he picked up are Maishashani coins. And then he would go through the same process, he would declare that all of the ones in his hand should become Maishashani, and he redeems the ones which are still on the floor, onto the ones which are on it in his hand. So the Mishnah summarizes that cloth, this is the rule, Hamaslaktim. One who picks up the coins individually one at a time in the Maishashani, all of the ones which he picks up first are considered to be Maishashini, but Vahaniv Lolim. In a case where the coins are all mixed up, and they are piled up so that he picks up a few at a time, then Lefi Cheshburn, the amount of Maishashini coins which are assumed to be in his hand, is decided based on the proportion of Maishashini coins in the entire mixture. And that is as we explained. Mishnevov, this is a similar case in which Selashal Maishashini Vishal Chulinchinus Oravu. One Sela coin of Maishashini and one Sela coin of Chulin get mixed up together, so someone has two coins, silver coins, and is not sure which one's Maishashini and which one's Chulin. The Mishnah says that maybe the Sela Mois, he needs to bring the value of one of the silver coins in copper coins, Vo'imer, and declare Sela Shal Maishashini B'chol Mokim Shahi, the Maishashini Sela coin, wherever it is, I don't know which one of the coins is Maishashini, but whichever one is, Mokhurele Sela Mois should be redeemed onto these copper coins. And once you've done that, so now both silver coins are chulin, and the copper coins are considered Maishashani. So you would think that you could stop there, and great, but the Mishnah says that you've got to go further. Uvera Sayofeshabahen, you then need to choose which of the silver coins is prettier, better quality, or Mechalalalalecha, and then you redeem the copper coins onto that silver coin again. Now why exactly do you have to do this last stage? Because the Chachom said that the only time you're allowed to ever redeem silver onto copper with regards to Maishashini is You can redeem Maishashini from silver onto copper only in a pressed situation where you're sort of forced to do it. But Veloisha is Kayan Kane, even then you cannot allow it to last like that. Rather, you will have to go back and redeem it onto silver afterwards. And one reason for this is because it's considered degrading to redeem Maishashani silver onto copper, which is worse quality and less valuable. Alternatively, another reason why you cannot redeem silver Maishashani onto copper is because copper rusts much more easily. So you're increasing the risk of the Maishashani being wasted by putting it into copper coins. So for these two reasons, one is not allowed to transfer Maishashani silver onto copper.